1: Everybody to another edition of the Junkyard cast I am Jordan Hill. We got the whole crew with us this week: Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. Let's Start go. with you, Rusty. How is this Tuesday afternoon treat? I'm
0: here, man. I was making sure Jordan Harris right there. He's already got to go dog and here he didn't forget about me, so I gotta. I had to step back in. I had a crazy last couple of weeks and um, missed you guys. Been watching. I actually, listened to it uh, driving on the road the other day. So. Um, welcome to a lot of people, new guys, I guess, but good to be back. Thursday's a tough day for me. I know you guys have been getting on a visitor. Uh, J.C. Sherbert last week of the Big Spur was a good one, I thought. And I kind of like that, how you how you guys are bringing in some other people. I, I like to listen to the, the other opinions and kind of other angles when teams are playing Georgia.
1: Absolutely. I think that's been great to start this season. You just get perspective on, you know, the other opponents. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that those guys know that sure. we wouldn't you know we wouldn't know from the outside so i've enjoyed doing that kip uh, how is this tuesday afternoon treating
2: you? i can't believe it's already fall break at my boy's school man i'm uh, gonna be uh hanging out with them a little later and we already have next year's sec schedule coming out today it's uh you know it's it, it's it seems like uh it just it just goes by so quickly and i guess this georgia season's just kind of blowing by but you know what uh as kirby said i mean Kent State's a quality opponent. I'm not going to say anything negatively about them. It's a, a big opportunity for Georgia to try to learn some more things. And we're going to try to learn a little bit more about Georgia this week as well. I think that's a, a good goal for all of us to have, to figure out something new about, about the dogs. And yeah, it's it's been a pretty good week.
1: Kip, we just want to go 1-0 every day. That's, that's the mission. That's all
2: I'm trying to do, especially with my Braves.
1: Absolutely. I, I would really appreciate it if they started going 1-0 and every day. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. This is going to be a mailbag episode. Everybody listening watching live, feel free to drop questions in the comments. We'll make sure and get to them as well as the questions we got from the message board there on the junkyard. We're going to start with one that is really interesting. I'm really intrigued to hear what you guys think of this. Droughtbreaker40 says, "Does Todd Munkin have head coaching ambitions, and if so, what kind of opportunity would he leave for?" This kind of comes off the heels of on Sunday, ESPN's Pete Thamel mentioned Todd Munkin as a potential candidate with about eleven or twelve other names for that Arizona State job that came open with Herm Edwards being fired. I'll start with you, Rusty. What are your thoughts on Todd Munkin? The the possibility that you know once this season ends, he could be a name that some of these colleges look for when they're looking for a new head coach?
0: I, my, from what I hear, kind of what I gather, and just kind of my opinion with this, I think Todd Munkin, if he were to leave George, it's gonna be for NFL. It's gonna be for a coordinator position, uh, maybe potentially, maybe an, even a head coach position at some point, but he, Todd Munkin is a football coach. Now, he likes to call plays. You heard him say in his first press conference, you know, I, I get call, I get paid to score. And this is a guy that uh, let me be real careful with this, because this will get taken on a billion different ways. Not really into the recruiting deal. You know, what I mean, he does recruit for Georgia, but he's not like this. He doesn't live, breathe and eat that. I mean, this guy's an X and O guy and that's okay. A lot of people are X. and O guy that makes a lot of money. He is 1 of the highest paid offensive coordinators in college football for a reason. With that saying, I'm kind of thinking if he were to leave a job like Georgia, and he knows what's on that roster, he knows what's coming. He knows what's there. Uh, he knows the opportunity there, uh, wife and family kind of settled in to Athens, Georgia. Uh, I think the only way he leaves Georgia, in my opinion, would be for the, for, for the time being would be the NFL. I mean, you go there. it's a di- It's a totally different schedule. You don't have junior days. You're not texting with players. You're not talking to moms and dads and those types of things. I mean, it is a, it is a lot different type of schedule now. You know, you can, the NFL is a lot change over a lot quicker than that. But uh, I think that Todd Monken realizes right now, coming back into the game, if he were going to come back into college football, it better be somewhere special. And I think he's found that at Georgia. So my opinion is it would have to be an absolute no-brainer. I mean, a no-brainer college job for him to leave as a head coach, uh, or he, he would probably go to the NFL if he were to leave at all.
1: I think that's how I feel about it as well, Russ. And, you know, credit to Todd, his only head coaching experience as a college coach, went really well at Southern Miss. Went 13 and 25, but turned over a program that was in a very, very bad situation and doesn't have a whole lot of backing, a whole lot of resources, and they did an excellent job.
0: And where did he go after that? The NFL. NFL. You know what I mean? Like, this guy knows that, hey, I mean, I, we all talk to college coaches. I'm telling you right now, everybody knows that NFL schedule. I mean, when you don't have to be any offers from the second week of May until mid July, that's different than what you go through in a June month. can I tell you the change in recruiting now, June is the new December. So, like, you got to be buttoned up. You're not at the lake somewhere fishing. Like, you're buttoned up watching Tate camp every day and getting ready for official visitors on the weekend. A so, totally
2: different schedule uh, that NFL.
1: Kip, any thoughts on just the Todd Munkin piece?
2: I'm still re- we're still recovering from that June that that one hit us man like <laughs> a haymaker. But and and if you're Todd Munkin, why why would you consider something like that right now? Why would you want to have all of that on your plate when you're getting paid basically G five head coach money right now? Uh, you know that if you're going even to a program like Arizona State, you're up against it. You're gonna have to build something. And you might not get the the runway you need to, to build that program to be successful. He's got Georgia humming right now. And I, I think, honestly, uh, if, you, if you look down the road, if they're able to uh, have you know more support staff, unlimited coaches, able to recruit, able to coach on the field, it's just going to make Todd Munkin's job even easier. So uh, while the landscape right now with transfer portal, you know, I mean, NLI, the different recruiting aspects is thrown some extra wrinkles into it. It's not necessarily something that's you know heavily affected Todd Monken's day-to-day operations. Like you said, he's getting paid to score points. Georgia is scoring points, and he, I mean, he's now being heralded, you know, as one of the best offensive coordinators, if not the best in college football. So for him, that itch that hasn't been scratched yet is right getting another chance NFL he didn't get a great shake out there in Cleveland didn't really get an opportunity to do what he wanted to do that's the one the one carrot I think would still be you know he would look into whether it's a you know offensive coordinator or obviously a head coaching position that's that one challenge I think like a lot of coordinators who are really good at their jobs he would probably heavily consider probably each and every off season while he remains at Georgia being you know uh, uh paid very, very handsomely and and running one of the premier programs in the country.
1: I know some of the people on the board were a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit nervous coming off of, you know, him being mentioned for that Arizona State job. But, you know, if I were a fan, the way I look at it is it shows you how good of a job he's done and that people see him and see him as one of the top options because he has done a very good job going into his third year so far at Georgia. Uh, Flipping over to another question, uh, this from Fry Dog. After three games, what potential weaknesses do you see in our team? What opponent on our schedule is a real threat at this point? Uh, start with you, Kip, and then you can answer after that, Rusty. What what do you sort of uh, think might be a weakness right now for Georgia, and is there an opponent that is on the schedule that really stands out to you based on what we've seen so far?
2: I kind of – I know a lot of people, you know, you might bring up getting to the quarterback. I think Georgia's doing fine there honestly it's on both sides of the ball it's kind of the the run game and the run defense you know right now georgia's offense is using the passing game as an extension of their run game they're using quick strikes to get eight nine yards on first down and then if they need to if they have a second and one instead of taking the shot downfield they're just getting the first down and moving the chains so you're getting some shorter runs in that aspect and so the stats aren't you know, eye-popping in the run game, obviously, if they get the ball at the one-yard line to punch it in, Kendall Milton can only get one yard. That's the most he can get in that situation. So sometimes you have the numbers a little skewed that way, Skewed that way, but you don't know uh, if Georgia really needs to run the ball, especially between the tackles, if they're going to be able to do that. That's not necessarily a problem. It's just something we don't really know yet about Georgia's team. Uh, maybe that's still by design, but maybe at the same time, Todd Monken knows that's not going to be a strength of his team this year. And they're going to continue to attack the perimeter and they are going to be a yards after the catch type of offense. And again, on the same time, on the other side of the field, just being able to, uh, to you know, to stop the run. They're doing fine in that aspect, but they're still allowing, you know, well over three yards per carry. I think it's like three two right now. Uh, That puts them around 40th, 41st in the country, not necessarily bad by any means, but it's still an area where coming off of last year and what they're able to do, uh, that's an aspect where they've taken a step back. And, you know, obviously with that defensive line, uh, that that's an aspect where we kind of figured that would happen. But at the same time, you get down into the the schedule, you're playing a team that's humming offensively you got to be able to stop them when you need to, and we're not exactly sure if, if Georgia's going to be able to do that. So as for which team tests them this year, I mean, it, it has to be one of these teams that's humming on offense, you know, is uh, uh, Tennessee right now stands out as a team that that's performing really well, and they, they're kind of emerging as potentially uh, the team that might test Georgia the most this year. We'll see how they do the, this weekend against Florida, should be a pretty good game, but uh they've impressed me a lot this year and hendon hooker is uh performing as i expected him to as one of the better quarterbacks in the conference
1: our producer jordan who's a big tennessee fan i think he's about ready to jump out of his uh, chair there when you said that kip uh, russie is tennessee the team that kind of stands out to you or or if not uh, what do you sort of see as teams that really could challenge Georgia? Uh,
0: yeah i think i think Man, the next four weeks for Georgia, I mean, Kirby Smart's going to have to really dig in to to convince this team that, I mean, when you've got, listen, they play Kent State, and it, he was talking yesterday, like, they're the 76 Steelers. <laughs> and then you've got, uh, you know, Missouri, this is probably, this might be the worst Missouri team that I, I've personally seen. Like, they, they, Kansas State ran them out of the building, uh, pushed them around, and then you go, Auburn, obviously, is down. And then you got Vandy, and you know, and so Georgia right now, the next four weeks is really going to find out, you know, how motivated they are. And I know Kirby Smart and them don't want to hear that, but that is reality. Now, that back end of the schedule, you start playing Florida and you start playing Tennessee and you start playing Mississippi State and Kentucky. I don't care how dominant Georgia's been right now, sooner or later, they're going to get tested. And it just happens to everybody. They're going to get tested. I personally think. It's gonna take a team with some physicality um, to 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 uh, push them around a little bit to to challenge them. I like Kentucky right now. I think Tennessee playing in Athens the week after Florida is definitely something you you, you better watch. And then then going to Mississippi State, you know, all that stuff over there, you know that, that what they do, they will rub you, pick you, everything all day long. Uh, you, you get frustrated because you can't get to the quarterback. I think LSU's front four took that game over the other night, and if Georgia can do that, then that's that's kind of the recipe of, to to beat Mississippi State. But there's something about that Kentucky game when you start looking Kentucky and what Mark Stoops has done and this quarterback, if they if he can stay healthy, they can stay healthy up there. Uh, that might be one of those crazy, crazy environments to see where Georgia is, but regardless the back end of the schedule I think is where we're going to find out a lot more about Georgia but these next 4 weeks man whew, they're going to, they're going to have to really do some some preaching in that locker room cuz i these are 18 19 20 year old kids and 21 year old kids and 25 year old for Stetson but uh you know I think it's Stetson's like seventh time going to Kentucky maybe <laughs> But
1: I think uh, how, so, how Mummy might have been there the first. Yes, yeah, how Mummy,
0: how Mummy is there. So <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Come off the bye week, and then you get into that back half of the schedule. So I think we're going to find out a lot more about Georgia. But you ask about weaknesses and concerns. I mean, when you're playing this good and you're dominating opponents like this, any little error is kind of magnified. I mean, you know, last year it gives up a deep ball to Jaheim Bell, who's a hell of a football player. And Spencer Rattler threw that thing on the money. It's almost undefendable. You know, what I mean, it happens. Uh, Keely Ringo, who everybody never talks about because he shuts people down. Keely Ringo's beat on that 4th down. If Rattler throws it out front of him, he, he's gonna give up 1st down. He didn't. And, and th- those type of things. So, listen, everybody, when you're playing this good, and you have a small mistake like that, or you give up a play, it gets kind of magnified. But right now, the way George is playing, I would be hard to press any side of the ball. Uh, It's funny, Kip, I've been working together a long time, and we've been through this where the board has been begging to throw the ball. Please, for the love of God, just get wide open and throw the ball. Now you see people, please, can we run the ball? So it's, you know, it's pick your poison there. What do you want to do with this thing? And, um, you know, it's a passing league. It is a passing football game now in the NFL and in college. And I told people for a couple of years, separation between Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State has been those wide receivers. Uh, and Georgia is wide open right now, and they've got some tight ends to back it up. So, uh, you know, I'm not real concerned about the running game right now. For me, Georgia's playing well. We're going to find out a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. We're going to find out a lot more in that back end.
1: No doubt about it. Well, we'll take a quick break real quick. We'll come back. Got some more questions uh, from the, uh, the live chat and also from the board, uh, recruiting questions, also just talking about the 2022 Bulldogs. So uh, we'll take a quick break and then be right back. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, we're going to jump back and uh, go to uh, our our number one fan of the live Junkyard Dogcast. Jordan Harris had a question earlier. Rusty things heating up with the defensive lineman from Rome. We were talking about this a little bit before we went on. Uh, Just give us an update on what you've heard.
0: Well, this 1's interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, so, following Green, young man in my hometown here, I've known him for a while and he has just gotten bigger played better. Um, Georgia recruited him really hard. Alabama. I thought for a while. He was going to Ohio state he goes to Clemson in the spring. Clemson has this policy. Where, if you're committed and you visit somewhere, as far as I know that that commitment is no longer, you know, there now, I don't know if that's still the policy kind of been what they've dealt with in the past. So. Uh, he goes to the Georgia Oregon game in Atlanta as a recruit sits in the Georgia section. Um, did talk to some people, you know, close to this thing and in Georgia's he's been talking a good bit with Georgia. Now, where does it go from there? Uh, we'll see, obviously, if he does visit Georgia, that's going to be very big news, but uh, I am 100% able to confirm. There's been a good bit of communication between he and Georgia and uh, we'll see where it goes to following green one he is here's a the deal there's a the little difference about romeheim um, they don't let, allow their kids to camp so uh, their their coach is like look if you like our kid on tape you like him in person you can come watch him work out whatever you can offer him so you know a lot of people are starting to kind of realize what type of player he is but i've watched him now for two years and this kid absolutely takes games over at defensive line and uh, he's a player that i think george is going to take a swing at we'll see where it goes but uh, certainly worth a uh, noteworthy to say that, Hey, there is communication between, you know, Georgia staff and Stefan Green.
1: Another question from the chat this is from Brian Bivens. Are you guys surprised we are playing this good after losing so many? Uh, I'll give my take and then let each of you guys jump in. I, I am more so on defense. I yeah. thought the, I thought the offense had a chance to be really good, mainly with Stetson coming back and, I feel like a broken record when it comes to – when I do radio hits, I always emphasize, you know, this was an offseason where Stetson was the guy the entire time. This was not a situation where he got thrust into that role. So I thought the offense had a chance to be really, really good. I mean, I still don't think I would have said Stetson is being talked about as a Heisman guy, but I I still thought this offense could produce. But the fact this defense has just picked up, especially losing, I think, eight starters from last year's defense and just, I mean, let – you know, show no – regression through three games very very impressed on that side of it
2: I'll go yeah, but- I'll,
0: I'll go quick right here on the one note one note and Let Kip talk. uh this is the first time Stetson Bennett's ever had fall camp number one rips to my knowledge so you, you see that what that offense is doing so
2: Number one reps, really. Period. I mean, like off season, a full off season with Todd Monken, a full off season of throwing these to these wide receivers and tight ends. But just looking at that defense, we did the same thing last year, Rusty. We had Aziz Ojolari, Tyson Campbell, Eric Stokes, Monty Rice, LeCount, all in the draft, and we were like, well, "Well, we'll see how this defense performs this year." And it was, you know, the greatest defense we had seen, especially at Georgia uh in in our lifetime so i think we're at that stage where you just look at that 24 7 sports team talent composite you see georgia right there at number two they've been number one before uh this what kirby smart's gonna do with the roster right now you know uh you can have coaches out there talking about how their programs are rebuilding some years Uh, i just think kirby smart's not going to be here for that he might not tell you his team's as good as you know last year or any year but He is going to restock that roster as best he can every offseason. And we're going to be talking about young players next year after players get drafted this year, stepping up into big roles. That's how you run an elite program. And that's the whole point of what Kirby Smart was brought here to do at Georgia, to upgrade this roster, take that next step. He's done that. So, yeah, I don't think we should really be surprised at this point. I mean, they're not playing at that level of last year. But they got young guys that are getting better every week, and that's the other aspect of this. I mean, uh, Georgia may not have been tested yet, but they have young guys that are out in the field right now, getting experience. So later in the year, this defense could be performing at a tire, an entire another level once you have all these young guys like Smile Munden out there. You know, uh, Kamari Lasser continuing to to get more experience and get better. Mm-hmm. We could be talking about how much better this defense is playing. Against those top teams, we see them face toward that back end of the schedule.
0: One thing, I, one thing I'll say too on the end of this, Georgia with team speed defensively, injecting Malachi Starks, Smile Munden, and Javon Bullard as three guys. Now they're replacing some dudes, but obviously Malachi Starks is an instant impact guy. But those three positions, they either got faster or they're just as fast. So. When you put Malachi Starks in that safety position in the back end, what he's doing, that's a big deal. And you're seeing it pay dividends. Javon Bullard as well. I mean, uh, William Poole no longer with the team. and We won't get into that. But Javon Bullard is faster than William Poole. And that's one of the reasons why he won that job in fall camp.
1: Another question from the board. DJ Oreo says, How would you assess the play of the inside linebackers? And I'll start with you, Kip, just on what you've seen and then Rusty can jump in and, and then I'll kind of sum up what I've seen as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, right now I think it's it's they're they are playing not as fast as they could because there's still some you know reaction going uh there but i think you got to be really impressed by jamon dumas johnson being that leader out there and being able to get his players lined up correctly and have them react fairly quickly he has done a good job and kind of shown you that when you have a guy who has the instincts like he does and is able to read defenses quickly? You can play faster as a defense. I think it's just at this point it's about you know taking the right lanes and taking that, the right routes to the ball carrier. There's some hidden yardage in there that George is kind of giving up uh, in the quick passes and run game. But overall, you know, like what I see, I think the you know Small Munden's best football is still ahead of him he's getting better every week uh, and he sh- he's really showcased uh why he was recruited by Georgia he is lightning quick and then Tresman Marshall a guy that I said in fall camp I think when he gets on the field as long as he can stay healthy he's got a good you know a good size strength uh, combination out there and impressive interception uh, by him in that last game so he's making plays i thought that was a nice grab by him uh, i think it's a group that Again, it's going to get better every week, uh, has a good three, four man rotation, just like they did last year. And I think toward the end of the year that can, they can really get elite play out of that group. It's just about continuing to get these guys, you know, the the game slowing down for them as they see more offenses and they're able to get more experience out there.
1: Rusty, your thoughts on the inside, guys?
0: I agree. I think uh, you look at those guys. And one thing I like about, i sure tacklers, you know what I mean? They get to the ball, you go to the ground. Uh, you look at Smile Munden, they're kind of using him, that N'Kobe Dean, where they used to blitz N'Kobe Dean. You go back and watch the second half of the Oklahoma Rose Bowl and watch how many times Georgia brought Roquan Smith. They didn't bring him the first half like they did that second half. Uh, you see a lot of that with Smile Munden, explosive length, speed. Uh, yeah, And like Kev said, it just comes with experience. But I tell you what, man, these guys that are playing are really good football players and the guys that are coming in are really good football players. And you start talking about what that room looks like and what it's going to look like for the future. I'm telling you right now, Raylan Wilson, to me, I've said it on social media. I've said it on our board, he's the number one inside linebacker in this class, uh, GPS to last week, over 22 miles an hour and in, in a game game speed, 22 miles an hour. Um, this guy can flat out go got NFL pedigree with him. Dad played NFL. I'm just telling you now, this 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 group, Glenn Schumann, has put together in that room. Um, it, it's been really good, and I think it's going to get better.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you guys have already hit on this, but I was just impressed from what I've seen from the entire inside linebacker group. You know, looking at Saturday, Jamon Dumas-Johnson, I swear it felt like every time I looked up, he either had a tackle or he was right there at the ball. Uh, Smile Munden's been all over the place. I was really impressed, like Kip mentioned, with Tresman Marshall, not only Doesn't with the make- intercept. Yeah. Not, not only the interception he had, he had a very nice pressure earlier on that got to Spencer Rattler, kind of got him, uh, uh, had to rush him out of the uh, pocket. I think he might have wound up throwing the ball away. And then on that play that Tresman intercepted, Ryan Davis came rushing through there to force that bad throw by Luke Doty. A lot of credit to Ryan Davis because he's not a guy that, you know, frankly, we really talked about a ton factoring in. And I know that was in the fourth quarter, but still. You know, a lot of credit to those inside linebackers for still making plays. And that that kind of depth really across the board is why this is a defense we're talking about, you know, not allowing a touchdown until there's 53 seconds left in a game.
2: It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really doing a good job so far. I think, like I said, toward the end of the year, you're going to see this group, as long as they're healthy, just playing at an even more elite level than they are right now. And and really, again, credit to Javon Dumas Johnson. It's a young group, but the reason he got on the field so early, even last year, is, again, I mean, he's a smart football player, and that, that'll get you on the field quick. I mean, you, you want to get those guys in there. Like like you said, Malachi Starks, an elite athlete, and they tried to get him as many snaps as they could in fall camp to get him ready. John Duneis Johnson is one of those guys, like you look at Monty Rice, just guys that get on the field early because you know when they're on the field, they're not going to make mental mistakes. And I think that that's what's allowed him to be out there and to be kind of a young captain for this defense alongside – those, you know, senior outside linebackers, they're kind of, you know, they're playing an underrated role in this defense, Just being able to, to keep a heady presence out there and make sure that the, the guys around them know uh, what's in front of them and, and play to that standard that Georgia has now established on defense these last two years.
1: Another recruiting question from our board. Go Explore just says a running back recruiting update. Uh, Rusty, have you heard anything new as far as Georgia chasing um, a running back when it comes to the 2023
0: cycle? Yeah, we uh, put on the board Roger Robinson, UCLA commit uh, from California, someone Del McGee has recruited. This is not like this guy popped up. like Del McGee went to California twice last May during the evaluation period to see him. He was at Texas A&M this past weekend for an official visit um he's going to be at georgia auburn weekend and and i think that uh kind of lined up it didn't line up because his off week was the same off week as georgia and you want someone like that either come in in december or you want them to see a home game so far as i know they're taking a red eye after his game uh on friday night he and his family would be here saturday morning for the auburn game and um you know that's a guy that we really uh feel like that georgia's kind of you know Looked at pretty deep. Uh, you know, we mentioned last night a young man has committed Notre Dame, Dylan Edwards out of I think Kansas is, a, is another guy kind of a, that would definitely be thunder and lightning with those two. He's not the biggest back, but he's, he is explosive with the ball in his hands. And, you know, today's game, you want somebody that can get out in space and, you know, Munkin can use those running backs like he does Kenny McIntosh with a ball in his hands and those types of things. So, uh, you know, the, the, the 2023 running back class is obviously when, when everything changed, when Justice Haynes committed to Alabama with that board um i think georgia and here here's a guy jamarian wilcox that jamarian wilcox at south paul and i've talked about 340, 342 yards last week uh but i will give you a name right now and i kind of mentioned it on the radio the other day jordan louis it's a young kid this is a young man that transferred from tuscaloosa alabama he actually played two years with uh lt overton in tuscaloosa that, that went to texas a&m he moved to georgia in March and he's at Meadow Creek and he is absolutely tearing up. This guy's five foot 11, 200 pounds. I know for a fact, talked to his coach this morning that Georgia called last week. They're trying to get him on a visit to see him, meet him, those types of things. He's another 2023 running back in the state of Georgia is kind of getting on the scene. But you know, Jamarian Wilcox is a kid I know that Georgia stays in contact with. I know that Georgia will see him play at some point, Clemson offer this weekend. So I'm interested to see what that does. The guy had 342 yards Friday night of sake! So he, you know, he's not slacking off by any means. Uh, and, and at my camp, I probably had 11 to 1200 kids in four camps this past spring. I probably had less than 20, 25. He, that did this, he ran four, four at 190 pounds. So this kid can go. He's from Chicago. He has a great story. Um, you know, kind of had a rough spot living in Chicago, moved down here to Atlanta with a relative and, uh, things didn't kind of work out there, he now lives with a teammate. That whole South Paulding community has took this young man in. And I'm telling you right now, if he ever tells his whole story, that's up to him. You would root for this kid. And I'm telling you right now, this kid is going to play uh, like his life depends on it. And he's really trying to put an input, uh, you know, kind of footprint his life through football. So I'm rooting for the kid. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, George is going to take a really serious and hard look at this running back at South Paulding.
1: Kind of going off of that another running back question and this may be something that is decided later on Uh, Caleb in the chat said can the dogs flip Owens you know that is someone that a lot of people have been curious about with the situation at Louisville how things are going Uh, Rusty any thoughts on that going forward.
0: It's kind of hard to tell because this one's going to be interesting. You know all these guys that Louisville's got. It's definitely some 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 stuff tied to this one, uh, and and you know down the line. So know, I'm sure as nil. You know what what we can do for you is you when you get here or whatever. If that's legal, if it's not legal, I don't even know. Uh, but you know what's the terms there? You know. Uh, so but anyway, you, you talk to these people and uh, Louisville's. You know definitely, they're they're heavily involved in that part of the game. Uh, and, and so you look and can they. What if there's a coaching change? And what if they go three and eight? You know, how does that affect things? You know, uh, are these contracts signed? I don't know. I mean, some of these kids are California kids that are committed. So NIL is perfectly legal there, 100% legal. So it, it, just so many variables there. I have not personally heard anything in a long time about George and Ruben Owens. I get that question a lot, and I have not heard anything behind the scenes. Doesn't mean it's not there, but for me
2: personally, I haven't heard anything. Shocker. I think uh, Texas A&M is the school you kind of hear behind the scenes trying to, to work Ruben Owens. I know they tried to get him on campus last weekend. They weren't able to, but I think that's that's the one you kind of watch in December. I know that's not going to come to a surprise uh, of a lot of people following the last cycle or two with NIL, but uh, that's kind of where things stand now with him, I think. And that's just there are going to be certain recruitments that are just going to be like that. You know, you're going to see certain programs involved that are heavily uh, you know, recruiting in that area. And, and I think that's, that's kind of where, where things are with Ruben Owens right now. I can tell you this, covering it every day now with this decision, you have to watch these things
0: all the way to the end. Trust me, you have to watch them all the way to the end. And, and listen, that's, that's just the way it is now. So, uh, we're going to get a million questions on Tyler Williams. He's going to make a decision one week from today, wide receiver out of Florida. I think George has been in a really good spot there for a long time, but. He has not committed anywhere. He has not said where he's going. And I can promise you right now that Miami is heavily, heavily involved with him. So this this is going to be one of those we watch all the way, all the way to the end for sure.
1: Tackle one more question before we get out of here from Jeff Duran in the live comments. Can y'all talk about Georgia's ability to develop players? Gave a few examples, Lad McConkie, Stetson Bennett and others. Uh, Kip, I'll throw it to you and then Russie, you can jump in just as far as, you know, the way georgia has evaluated talent and the way they've been able to get the most out of guys like stetson and lab mcconkey
2: yeah i mean with lab mcconkey uh that's a hell of a late of the cycle eval i think we talked about it on one of the other podcasts uh you know just a situation where uh you know he put up big numbers uh over at, at camps uh and still kind of under uh, recruited there at the end i think you will say yeah you know, one or two FBS offers toward the end, and Georgia just, you know, took a look and decided to bring him in there in January. It's, I think with Todd Monking, you're starting to see that yards after the catch, the ability to make something happen with a five to 10 yard throw is something that's highly valuable. Uh, But I think it also just kind of lines up with what Stetson Bennett brings to the table. I mean, Stetson Bennett's a guy that's been in the program a long time. And I think there's a lot of value in that, especially what he's able to do pre snap. They're not doing as many RPOs now because he's figuring out what he needs to do before the ball is snapped. And and he's getting the ball out there to guys that can make plays. And you, you, I mean, you look at guys like, uh, you know, Marcus Rosemary, Jack St. and Darnell Washington out there blocking their butts off uh, to allow these players to make the big plays. Everyone's buying in. and, And I think that's really kind of allowing some of these guys to. To emerge, you're also seeing Stetson been able to, you know, to get the ball to the middle of the field more now. I I think it's it's not really his height like people thought. It's him knowing exactly what passing lanes he needs to attack and how to get through his reads. uh and you're seeing, you know, maybe a little bit less action out of the slot, and they're using two tight insets more. And you know, it's just a personnel thing, and I think that's really it, it is an evaluation success for both those guys, but it's more like Todd Monk and seeing what he has in his personnel and seeing what todd monken can do with a full off season to evaluate his roster and say this is what we're good at and this is how we're going to attack defenses so again i and we've made this into you know it's kind of been a todd monken uh podcast but the praise needs to be there right now because he has got them really attacking defenses with multiple looks and, and keeping you know defenses on their heels so Credit to him, uh, but uh, yeah, Lab mcconkey a big win, and uh, I know there's a certain producer right now probably not enjoying that conversation about Lab McConkey because he'd be making a ton of plays catching passes from Hendon Hooker right now, and I think in high school, you know, that's, that's kind of what he wanted, and he didn't get that opportunity, and, and now he's making big-time plays uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs, so that, that's definitely a big recruiting win for them, and an evaluation fail for the Volunteers right now.
1: Rusty, any additional thoughts just on how Georgia's been able to pull diamonds from the rough like the guys we we're talking about?
0: Jimmy's and Joe's and it's evaluation. You know, I've I, I publicly said it. I apologize to everybody in Chatsworth, Georgia, because I have a <laughs> million. Listen, I get a million calls about kids, and that's part of my job. I get it. But with the Lad McConkey, the, the, the people that I should have listened to that reached out to me that had no dog in the fight, um, it told me, like, this guy's for real. And when he took North Murray and beat Calhoun, which Calhoun had never lost to North Murray, never even been close to North Murray. When he went off that night, I got a call from Hal Lamb, longtime head coach, uh, Mike Davis, who's now the head coach at Raven County. Those guys reached out to me and said, man, Lam McConkey can go. And, uh, you know, that was probably in October, November. We got a lot of things going on, but I'm sure Kirby Smart got the same phone calls from a lot of different people. And the, the evaluation they did on Lamb, look, Cole Spear, Cole Spear trifled. Uh, this is a kid at calhoun they work georgia worked out cole spear he ran 4-4 at georgia okay they didn't care what he's ranked they didn't care what rusty mansell said on twitter about this kid georgia worked out cole spear and they liked him same thing with dylan bell and guess who's traveling guess who's traveling cole spear and dylan bell over other guys right now one question i get right here i want to answer this aj hill uh, Antoine Hill, quarterback at Houston County, 2025, is Trey Hill's nephew. Uh, he's six foot five. Georgia offered very, very early, and I'm telling you right now, he is lighting it up. They got Warner Robbins, former offensive coordinator, the last two years. Jeremy Edwards, new head coach. I believe they're four and zero. Oh. They're averaging about 40 points a game. I went down in the spring and saw him. He's legit six five. Just turned 15 years old. I think this kid's special. I know his mom and dad. I know his family. Uh, he's got such a high ceiling left and he can get so much better, but you start talking about tools and you start talking about a big arm and an athletic kid. There's some really good young quarterbacks in the state of Georgia and AJ Hill there. Uh, Antoine Hill at Houston County is a guy that everyone should know because Georgia's offered Auburn's offered Florida, Florida state, I believe Alabama, everybody you can name is offered this young man. He's got strong ties to Georgia. We'll see where it goes down the line, but obviously that kid is making noise and with a new head coach and he is slinging it around.
1: Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Appreciate everybody watching, everybody listening, everybody asking questions. We appreciate having the chance to, to hear from you guys and let you know what we uh, give you the Intel that you guys are looking for. i remind everybody to keep an eye out on Thursday. We'll be back and, have an episode just talking about Kent State, sort of our expectations, what we know, and what we want to see out of that game. Y'all get
0: get Kirby on. does tell you how good
1: it is. Yeah, Kirby, Kirby will pop on no problem. I'll give him a call. You know, we have a weekly one thirty, so I'll just call him. I'm sure he would move that up.
0: <laughs> That'll work. You know, I asked him on radio a couple weeks ago about hiring. You start talking about Monken, you know, Todd Monken and those guys, and I've said this, and I said Kirby, you know if you're hiring the right people, you're going to have to make replacements. And he said, an interesting answer was he is proud of Sam Pittman and Mel Tucker, but he's also proud of those guys that were off the field guys that just came to Georgia to help their resume. Did they get other jobs? And I didn't realize he had like 30 guys that are already on other staffs that had, that were never on the field guys at Georgia. They were off the field support staff guys that got jobs. So there's a lot more, into it, and you know, I see somebody mentioned Buster Faulkner. Buster Faulkner came to Georgia for one reason to help his resume because he had a hell of a year as offensive coordinator at Southern Miss for one year, uh, and he said, "Listen, I need to, I need to put that SEC on my resume." So he came to Georgia. So I thought that was an interesting answer uh, as we talk about, you know, what what people think about, you know, potentially Todd Monken and all these other guys. Glenn Schumann at some points gonna start getting mentioned. Uh, that's inevitable. So uh, we'll see when that when that starts for him.
1: Well, I'll say again, thanks to everybody for tuning in and watching and, and everybody listening after the fact on the podcast. We appreciate that. Thanks to Rusty and also to Kip to taking some time to hop on with me, but we're going to wrap it up right there. Appreciate all you guys for watching and supporting us. And until Thursday, take care. Go Braves.